I mean, take your Bibles and go to Acts chapter 8. Acts chapter 8. I was talking about the power of the Holy Ghost uh, Wednesday night. I'm going to continue on just a little bit with that this morning. That, that's one of the crucial things in our lives is uh, getting the Spirit of God moving in our lives. And it's a lot different than what most people think. Uh, they think, they think you know, you're know you going to have this halo around your head and, and uh, you're going to be singing you know, all this stuff, and angels around you all the time. And, and sometimes it's just not that way. Sometimes it, it is a part of life. Acts chapter 8, verse 5, it says, Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ unto them. And the people with one accord gave heed unto those things which Philip spake. Hearing and seeing the miracles which he did, for unclean spirits, crying with a loud voice, came out of many that were possessed of them, with them, and many taken with palsies and, and that were lame were healed. And there was great joy in that city. But there was a certain man called Simon, which before time in the same city used sorceries and bewitched the people of Samaria, giving out that, he, that himself was some great one to whom they all gave heed from the least to the greatest, saying, This man is great, uh, is the great power of God. And to him they regarded, or to them they hath regard, because that of the long time he had bewitched them with his sorceries. Father, thank you for your blessings this morning. Uh, thank you for the story that you placed in our Bible, Lord, at a time that you put it in there. Uh, Lord, you sandwiched it right between a couple of things that happened. And Lord, I just pray that you'd open our eyes to the Word of God this morning, that you'd give us something out of your precious uh, Word. And Lord, show us uh, our needs and our conditions. And Lord, just thank you that uh, you cared enough about us to die for us at Calvary, shed your blood, uh, come out of that grave on the third day and make a way, Lord, that we can get to heaven. Uh, but Lord, it's just not uh, getting there. Uh, that's the, the start, Lord, but we have a life to live, and uh, the, we only have one life, and, and Lord, that's the life we need to live for you. Bless this morning's service, and we'll praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, you may be seated. Uh, the title of this message is A Man Named Simon. Simon's an interesting character in your Bible. The, the story starts here in Acts chapter 8. Uh, salvation really hasn't been... Uh, Acts is a strange book. You've got to be careful when you pick up the book of Acts. It's a transitional. It's one of those books where they're transitioning from the Jewish religion... Uh, to uh, the way the church is right now in the church age. And if you don't watch out, you'll start getting Acts 2.38. Uh, believe, believe and be baptized. Well, that isn't quite what we do today. Uh, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. I, I ask people sometimes, they'll go, well, I believe Acts 2.38. I said, which one? And he goes, well, it says believe and be baptized. Which baptism? There's seven. Exactly which one are you believing in? And they'll shout, what? I said, there's seven of them. And you start to list them off to them, and they look at you like you're crazy. But Jesus Christ said, except you be born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. you gotta get, you got to be born again, and people don't get that. Right here, you're going to read a story about a guy that's really strange, and it's good, and it has a happy ending in it. I like happy endings. Philip goes down, and, and, and he enters this city, and he starts preaching. But the reason Philip goes down, number one, is the joy... I like verse 8, and there was great joy in that city. Aren't you? Now, let me ask you a question. Do you like being miserable? I mean, I get around people all the time that's miserable. And I'm like, why do you want to be miserable? I mean, if I'm miserable, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go get me a milkshake. Because at least a milkshake is going to make me happy for a few minutes. I would rather have a Snickers blizzard, but the, the, the devil got into Dairy Queen. They don't make Snickers blizzard. I don't know why they pick on Snickers. But they did. I used to, when you dumb them upside down, they won't come out. I like to get the big ones. I don't want the little bitty one. Why would you want a little one? If you're going to stop, wait in line, get a big one. Uh, and I haven't had one of them for years. But they, they quit making stinkers blizzards. But you ought to find something that makes you happy, like a sack of White Castles. Something, whatever, whatever trips your trigger, if you start getting sad, you ought to do something to get happy that keeps you out of trouble with God. I mean, you don't want to get in trouble with God. Philip is going down and he says, joy, you know, joy is sometimes born in sorrow. It's brought forward with sorrow. Go back to verse 1 of that chapter, chapter 8, verse 5. It says, and Saul consenting unto his death. Talking about Stephen. In the last part of Stephen, go back to uh, 7, chapter 58. Uh, then they cried with a, 57, then they cried with, out with a loud voice and stopped their ears and ran upon him with one accord and cast him out of the city and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their clothes at a young man's feet, whose name was Saul. And they stoned Stephen, calling upon God and saying, Lord Jesus, 
receive my spirit. And he kneeled down, cried with a loud voice, lay not uh, this sin to their charge. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. Now, which one of us would do that? Curse them, God. Mess up their arm. Break their arm so they can't even with an arm. No, Stephen is sitting there. He's on his way to heaven. You know what he's done? He's done looked up into heaven and done seeing the Lord standing there. And he says, hey, this is my next destination. It's right there. That's where I'm headed. That's where I'm going. This is what I've been talking about. I just got to see him a while back. He was on the cross. I believe it was about, 200, uh, about 100 days earlier. I got to see him on the cross. I seen him die. I seen him rise from the grave. I got to see him again. He's gone. Now I get to go with him. I don't have to spend the rest of the time here. I do feel sorry for Peter, James, and John. They, they got to stick around for a while. But I get to leave. This joy was born of great sorrow. Philip is sitting here. The reason he's down in Samaria is because if you go on and read the rest of that passage, and devout men carried Stephen, verse, chapter 8, verse 1, it says, Saul was consenting unto his death, Stephen's, and at the time there was a great persecution against the church, which was at Jerusalem, and they were all scattered abroad. Because of the persecution that Saul and the Pharisees were, were doing toward the church, they were trying to stop God from moving. They were trying to stop. They, they were thinking... I'm doing what God wants me to do. You know, a lot of times people do what they think God is wanting them to do, and they're actually serving the devil in the process. You got a book sitting in front of you that is the strangest book you ever see. I love this book. I tell you all the time, I can't get enough of this thing. This thing right here will change you. Sin will keep you from this book, or this book will keep you from sin. Now, you read this book, and you're still probably going to sin because we're all wicked. There's none righteous, no, not one. But I'm telling you, this thing will keep you out of trouble if you do it. Saul was approving of the martyr Stephen's death. He was consenting unto Stephen's death. And then he starts going after the church. Now, I've seen people go after church people. I've seen them do that over 43 years. I've seen it. It's never really turned out good for those people in the long run. Uh, in, in time, in time, that thing falls back apart on them. All you got to do is sit there and wait. Be patient, be still, and know that I am God. All you got to do is wait. God's long-suffering. He's merciful and gracious, and he's willing to let a lot of rope go out there. But there's going to come a point where he's going to yank that rope, and somebody's going to get hung. You know what I don't want to ever do is get hung. Saul was conproving of, of Stephen's death. There's persecution going on. There was great persecution at Jerusalem toward the church. The church was growing, and we all, boy, I tell you what, you know what everybody wants? We are an emotional bunch of people. We like a crowd. We love it when we can go around a crowd and we're just, we like fairs, we like uh, uh, amusement parks, amuse, amuse, no, that's, forget it, we ain't even go there. <laughs> nobody ever likes to be still and know that I'm God. Just get along with him and sit there and just think about him. Nobody likes that. They like to be around other people because it keeps your mind moving all the time and you don't have to worry about stuff. Here, they, they were all in Jerusalem having a great time. The church was growing. Uh, all the people that got fed by Jesus Christ, remember that when he came back out of the grave? Uh, they added 3,000 one day, added 5,000 another. The church is growing. Paul did not like that. You know what's wrong with a lot of people? They cannot handle a church growing. They cannot handle a group of people serving God. You know what's wrong with our country today? One party is against the other party because they feel like you're going to take away their rights. And their rights are better than your rights. So we don't care about your rights. But when they weren't in charge, your rights were too mean and you're not letting us be equal. All we want to do is be equal. No, once they get in charge, guess what they do? They'll, and it goes both ways. It goes both ways. You know what they did? They left God out of the thing. God's nowhere near it. There was a great persecution toward the church. Jerusalem, where the church was, I mean, they started coming in, locking women up, locking children up, locking husbands up, uh, taking them to the dungeon, killing them, doing all kinds of stuff. And the church scattered. You know, sometimes you, you ought to think about it. Some of, you, some of you in here one day may be called to preach. Some of you in here may be called to teach. Some of you in here may be called to go out on the streets and do stuff. Some of you may be called to be missionaries. Some of you may be called to something else. Pastors of churches. You know what you're going to have to do? You're going to have to scatter. But boy, we just don't like to do that. Oh, man, I've got to get my family up. We've got we to gotta sell our house, get rid of our car. I've got to get do something with the dogs and the cats. I got to do something with the garden out in the back. Uh, I don't have to worry about a garden in my backyard because I've never had one. Uh, I've had weeds. I, I can grow a garden of weeds in a heartbeat. Uh, I got help growing weeds. Uh, if you got all this stuff, you know what will happen? Sometimes you'll get so tied down in this world that the Lord has to send persecution into our lives to get us to put all that stuff to the wayside and, and you start valuing what in your life is of any value. And sometimes that other stuff naturally will go away. Uh, when your life is in jeopardy, 
You really won't care. All those people who just left the Ukraine, you know what they did? They got up and left. They left their cars. They left their houses. They left everything. You know why? They had to get out of there. They could not wait any longer. They had to go. Persecution really does some stuff to you. The brethren dispersed throughout Judea and Samaria uh, due to the re uh, relentless efforts by the Jewish religion to eliminate Christianity. You know what this world could do right now if they had wanted to is get rid of Jesus Christ. They're still trying to get rid of him. Uh, our churches are doing a great job. The joy was due to great sorrow. You got any sorrow in your life? You know why sorrow comes sometimes? Is, is there's always joy after the sorrow. A woman, when she gives birth, I've never seen, Beth, she had five of them. I've never seen her happy the last five or ten minutes of that baby. But five or ten minutes afterwards, she's joyous. I want my baby. I want her now. I want him now. I want my baby. I want my baby. Two or three years later, that's a different story. But at that moment, that's when she wants that baby. Give me my baby. I want my baby. I want her right now. I want them right now. Give me that baby. There's joy there. Number two, joy was due to the word of God being preached. There's always a stipulation on where true joy comes from. True joy comes from this book. It has to. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria. He left and preached Christ unto them. Boy, there's nothing better you can preach in Christ. Jesus Christ, him crucified, is, there's nothing better. Uh, people sit there and say, oh, I want deeper things. You know what I've watched over 43 years? Is you give people, deep, people deeper things about everything in the Bible. And there are some, I like that. I'm still, I still like that one over in Daniel where he's talking about the, the image that Nebuchadnezzar seen. And he gets down to those ten toes. And it says those ten toes are mingled with clay and iron. And he goes, and they shall mingle themselves with the seed of men. I'm like, hey, out here somewhere, somebody's coming down that aren't one of us. And they're going to mingle themselves with the, the seed of man. And they're going to be aliens. People say, the, the, and they're all trying to find aliens right now. They're all in your Bible, man. Everybody there was an alien. You know Michael the Archangel's an alien. You do know that, right? He was at home one time on this planet. Actually, we're aliens. Excuse me. At one time, see, I believe, I believe some weird stuff. I believe what the Bible teaches. I believe at one time, God created the heaven and the earth, and there was a body of water out there called the Great Deep, and the earth was just floating in it. The universe didn't even, wasn't even in, in play yet. And, and the angels and everything had access to run all over this thing. They weren't aliens then. Then sin entered the picture when Lucifer did what he did, and God shoved that thing out and created a universe around it. See, I don't believe the earth is 6,000 years old. I believe the universe is 6,000 years old. People say, you're crazy. Well, you haven't got out there long enough to find out, have you? <laughs> None of us will. You'll never get there. You won't live long enough to ever get there. So I just believe what the Bible says. I believe he made the universe. I believe he put the earth inside that thing. And then it was empty, and then he made man, then he made Eve out of man, then he made all the animals, and they're all running around, and he put us on here, and then what you do is you see them coming back, the sons of God popping up. They, you say, what is that? That is some weird stuff that's in your Bible that God says is going to happen in the, in the future. I don't have to worry one thing about that. But Peter goes down there and preaches, you can know all that stuff. Won't do you a bit of good. You can come to know the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ and get saved and get eternal life. That'll do you good. Now, anything else won't. You know, learning about Jesus Christ, you get to heaven, guess what? He's going to teach you everything you know. I know what it takes to learn. And if you're not, you know why I don't, I don't play golf? Because I bowled. I know what it takes to bowl a 200 game consistently. It's, it's not an easy thing. It takes time and effort, and it takes training. And you have to have somebody help you. They have to look at what you do. They have to drill that ball just the right way. It has to be drilled for your hand. You have to be taught how to walk down the aisle lane with that uh, ball in your hand consistently, just like a golfer would every move. And when, when I knew, uh, I, I said, man, every move that I do, all the way through to the time I hit that ball and let go of that thing, everything has to, you really don't even care about the ball. It's the swing. It's, if, if what I understand about bowling can be translated over to golf, it isn't necessarily hitting the ball, although that's what you're doing. It is everything being perfect up to the time you smack that ball and all the way through. I, you know what it takes to get that? That's hours and hours and hours and years worth of nothing but training. Just experience, man. You got to get on a lane, you got to bowl. You got to get on a lane, you got to bowl. You got to get on a lane. Well, this lane is not the same. It doesn't matter. If you throw the ball the same way, you adjust slightly, you move up this way, you move this way, and you throw it, and you can still get strikes one right after the other. Easy. 
But you got to know how to first walk down there with a bowling ball in your hand. You got to have the right ball, the one that's fit to your hand right. You got to know how to let go of the thing. And I'm like, I don't want to do that kind of stuff. Not in this world. You know, I like, I like Jesus Christ. I don't have, if you're going to learn something about him, it's going to take time for you to learn it. And what's wrong with us all today is we don't want to spend that time. We want, we want instant oatmeal. This diet is the worst thing in the whole world for me. I done found out oats are bad for you. I've been told my whole life oats are good for you. Oats are good. You know how many times I've been told that yogurt is good for you? And yogurt is bad for you. You say, oh, no, 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 this diet is bad. I mean, they're telling me all this stuff is bad. Now, I don't know what to believe. I just know I lost 60 pounds. So, I mean, it does work. They're telling me all the fruit is bad for you. You know how many times everybody told me you're supposed to eat this much fruit? Well, maybe I ate like a bag of oranges a day. Maybe that's my problem. Uh, Maybe I'd go out and sit in a Concord grape patch vineyard and just eat grapes all day long. Maybe I would just go down and, and, and the food group, you know, the triangle food group, you're supposed to have your bread. Maybe I would go in to White Castle and eat 20 White Castles. Maybe that wasn't the greatest thing in the wide world. Uh, but I realized that some of the stuff they told me is good for me isn't. And, and they say, well, in moderation. If you got to do anything in moderation, it's not good for you. I'm still going to go back and do it. <laughs> I refuse not to do it. It's too late. I'm too too. De- but the joy was, was due to the word of God being preached. Philip came in there and started preaching. And he preached Christ in them. And the people with one accord gave heed. You know what they do? You need to get yourself out of this thing. Sometimes we get our personal lives involved in this. And the world don't see it. They don't care. But if you can get yourself out of the way, that's why I always like to hear Dr. Roman preach. I love to hear him preach. Uh, people say, oh, you're, a, you're a, a man follower. No, I'm not. He talked about him. Yeah, I am. I am a man follower. I follow Jesus Christ. I've always followed him since I got saved. I like people when they talk about him. I question people when they don't. I'm sitting back looking and says, how could you not talk about Jesus Christ? I mean, exactly what part of him do you not like? I talked to my mom, man. My mom, I love her. Y'all, y'all pray for her. She's in transition from being 89 to 90. She doesn't think she's old still, but she's learning that now. She's learning that, but... But she says, you know, I love God and love the Holy Spirit, but I just can't love Jesus. I'm like, uh, I don't understand that. She goes, I don't know why I can't love Jesus. I just, I said, because you're probably lost, maybe. Uh, maybe you don't know Jesus Christ like you should. Maybe your, your concept of him is totally different. It's wrong. But the joy was due to the word of God being preached. These people knew who Christ was. They knew what he did. They knew that, that I've got hope now. This world, what's wrong with us? We got everything. Brethren, when you can go to Kroger's and get whatever you want, or you can go to Myers, or you can go to Costco, and say, I go to Costco. I go to Sam's. Like, who really cares? What does it matter? You spend your, they, they take your money either way you look at it, man. It doesn't matter how they take it. They say, oh, well, I've got a Sam's credit card, and I get 10% back. And then you got to go spend all the money to lose the weight. It's crazy stuff, man. The joy, the joy was due to the word of God being preached. Number three, the joy was... Real because the results were so dramatic. When, when Philip started preaching, he went down there. You know what? He, he, you never hear him say, oh, I wonder how they're doing back at Jerusalem. <sighs> we all had to flee for the persecution. He didn't look at that. You know what? He sees an open door. He heads out of Dodge, man. He starts going and telling somebody. At the end of this story, which I'm not going to get into today, he goes finding me, Ethiopian eunuch. He's having a really good time right here. And, and, I, and he sees results. And all of a sudden, the Lord says, the Holy Spirit says, hey, I got another job for you. Philip says, let's go, man. I'm ready. And away he goes. You know what our problem, man, I'm telling you, brother, what we're doing is we're missing the joy. I got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. What we do is, I got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Yeah. Down in my heart. Yeah. Down in my heart. Yeah. Where's the excitement in that, man? You know, everybody wants to get right in and sing that with you. I like uh, Jerry says they play that song. Uh, what's that? Years of Sp- no, what's that first song you sang today? At Calvary. Uh, and it's just the way that it sounds like, man, it's just a, it sounds like you're at a, a carnival somewhere. And, and the organ's going, the piano's playing, and, and the beat is there. I mean, it, it's, it's uplifting. You know, some of these songs were written to be uplifting. That's why you're, I don't, you know why we don't have a, a choir? I'll tell you why we don't have a choir. You're it. 
Why in the world would you want a choir so everybody can sit up here and la, 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 la. Oh, they got their little, they got their little suits and stuff on like this, man. I mean, everybody comes in like this. If I offend you, I'm sorry. Well, I'm really not sorry. And you come in, and we got our little books, and we're all singing, and you sit there and watch. This isn't, this isn't, I'm going to take that off now that I got it off. This isn't, this isn't for your entertainment. This is where you could get, this is part of your show. This is part, you're part of this. You know what the Lord loves is worship. True worship, right out of the heart, man. I mean, where is it? How come it's not out of our heart? The joy was real because the results, hearing and seeing the miracles which were done. And I'm telling you what, you ain't going to see no miracles around. Well, you'll see some miracles. Uh, but the miracles you see today aren't the same ones they seen back there. He goes, for unclean spirits. Man, we need to get rid of some unclean spirits. They're all over the place. I'm glad, man. I'm so glad. I read my Bible. I just love reading it through there. And uh, I, I'm going through 2 Chronicles, and I'm in Exodus right now, and 2 Chronicles and Mark. And as I go through there, you know what I notice all the way through there? Is everybody's the same. They're all messed up. <laughs> and, and as you go through there, you see all this stuff. I was just reading through, and I'm going to talk about it. I'll mention that here in a minute, probably. But, but in Exodus, Pharaoh, Pharaoh, Moses is in there dumping out on him, man. I mean, he's got the stick and everything, just beating him all up. And, and dropping one plague after another plague after another plague. And then he covers the whole land with frogs. Now, I don't know about you. I don't even know if I like eating frog legs. I can't remember ever eating a frog leg. I, I could probably try one and see, but I don't know if I want. I don't like frogs. Frogs are slimy, greasy, just yucky looking. They say if you handle them, you get warts. I don't know. Uh, I have no idea. But I, I'm sitting there going, Pharaoh's sitting there, and frogs are all over the land, everywhere. I mean, if you look, they'd be everywhere. Oh, pews full, floors full, everything's full. And Moses says, I'll entreat of the Lord. When do you want me? Oh, you can get rid of them tomorrow. And there's an old preacher who got a song one more night, a sermon one more night with the frogs. Why would we want one more night with the frogs? I mean, why don't you like get rid of them right now? I don't want them no more. Just take them away. Don't, don't put them in heaps and piles. Why did, why did Pharaoh do that? Because his heart was hard. You know what the Lord knew? He, he prophesied that. He said, that guy's going to, he said, I'm going to harden his heart. Well, you know why? Because I already know what's going to happen. Pharaoh's not going to listen to you. He's not going to listen to you. He's not going to listen to you. I'm going to harden his heart. He told him that at the very beginning. You know, prophecy is the greatest thing in your Bible. If you ever stop and read that stuff, the Lord tells you exactly what's going to happen. And we act like it's not going to happen. He tells you it's going to happen. I like the one over there where he tells Ahab and Josaphat, you're going to go to battle, man, and you're going to die. Why? Because I'm going to send a lion spirit. He, he, Jehoshaphat says, they bring 400 prophets in. You would think, you would just think, that Jehoshaphat and Ahab sitting there, and Jehoshaphat's king of Judah, and Ahab's king of, of some, uh, Israel, or uh, the ten northern tribes, and they call 400 prophets in. One guy's got his little helmet with his horns on it and says, you're going to push them out, and da-da-da. And, and Jehoshaphat, just a little flag goes up. Bing, 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 bing. Do you have, like, any other prophet <laughs> that we can inquire of him? Well, I've got 400. What's wrong with these? Ah, some just telling me something ain't right with these guys. So they bring Micaiah in. Ahab goes, he never says anything good about me. You wonder why? Duh. Could you ever think that maybe you got a problem? If, if you're always hearing negative, 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 have you ever thought that maybe, number one, am I in the right crowd? Because if I'm not, you know, if I was around a bunch of homosexuals and they kept asking me why I wasn't homosexual, I'm in the wrong crowd. First of all, I don't want to be in that crowd. So I'm not. But if I'm around a bunch of Christian and I feel bad about being around a bunch of Christian people, I want to find out why I feel that way. There's something obviously bad. Jehoshaphat is with Ahab. He shouldn't have been there. Oh, boy, there's your friend. You're against how much y'all your friends, man. Y'all got friends. Y'all, your friends, you can trust your friends. You know what his friend do anyway? <laughs> Micaiah come in. Says, oh, yeah, going up, the Lord delivered to you. Ahab got enough sense in his head. He says, how many times have I to adjure you? that speak only to me in the word of the Lord, in the, in the word of God. He goes, okay, you want the word of God? You're going to go up and die, sucker. He said, you're going to go in that battle, and you're going to die. He goes, God sent a lion in heaven. He told the story. There's a spirit up there. He said, I'll go tell, I'll go deceive him. I'll be a lion spirit in the mouth of all of his prophets. He said, every one of these guys just told you a lie. Ahab's, oh, no, they haven't. Lock him up. Oh, by the way, Jehoshaphat, you go in the battle dressed up like a king. I'm going to go in and dress like a pauper. That way they won't know it's me and all the colorful stuff. Because the other guy said, find the guy who's looking like, you know, a peacock out there. Well, no, I don't want to say a peacock because I'll get him in trouble. Look like a uh, whatever, man, a, a 
a hummingbird, <laughs> not a hummingbird, something flamboyant. But anyways, find something flamboyant out there, and dress, that's the one you want. And then when they come up on him, Jehoshaphat starts freaking out, and they know it's not him, and they go away. And then a guy pulls a bow and just goes, bing, and the arrow goes, and right into Ahab's chest and kills him. You say, what is that? That's God. And God said this is what's going to happen. Ahab was told that right to his face, and he didn't listen, went right into battle and died. I would have found another battle. This battle is not the battle for me today. Ahab didn't do it. The joy was real. Why? Because it's dramatic. God, all through this, you know what I found out in my life? He does little bitty things left and right. All the time for me. And I'm sitting here laughing all the time. I watch him do the little teeny weeny things. And I see it. For unclean spirits came out crying with a loud voice. You know what happens when the devil gets kicked out? He puts up a fit. You ever notice when you have to deal with something, the fight that just ensues? I've never left a church bad. I've left a church where the pastor's mad at me, but I never left. I never did anything to him. Never went back to him and hurt him. I can go back in all those churches today, by the matter of fact. Any one of them still there, I can walk into him in a heartbeat. But you know what it is? People just can't deal with the truth. Joy, true joy, has nothing to do with anybody outside of me. It has to do with what's going on inside. And there's where the problem is. Everybody's looking for all this other stuff out here. Did you, anybody go out to the air show yesterday? I didn't. I've had people say, did you go to the air show? No. I used, to, I used to live the air show down in Pensacola, Florida. I watched the Blue Angels land and take off, land and take off. I've seen the, the, the C-130 do this, take off. I watch that stuff all the time. After a while, you just get bored with it. You know what it is? It's, it's your tax dollar hard at work. $25 million plane sitting there. They need to go play every day in a $25 million plane. You know, if you see somebody fly from California to Pensacola to get out to play a round of golf to go back to California in your $25 million plane, they don't give me no $25 million plane to do that. And, I, and they could go out and fly anytime. They just make a flight plan. I'm going to go, you know what a Pensacola Naval Air Station was? It was a golf course with an uh, air station on it. That's all it was. Your government dollars hard at work. We're going to put an air station. We're going to put a golf cart down, a golf and golf carts. They're going to put a golf course down there, and they're going to put a naval air station so they can justify it. And these pilots go flying all over the place. Brother, I'm telling you what, it's crazy stuff. They were never happy. They're always trying to get something else. You know where real joy comes from? Is they're watching God do something. And back then, they didn't have nothing. They got up in the morning, they, they just figured out how to live all day long and, and go to sleep at night, and they had nothing, and here comes the Lord, he feeds them, he does this, he does that, and now he makes a way for them to get to heaven. Unclean spirit, people who were crippled their whole lives, he healed. Those that were lame, he healed. Those that, that uh, had the palsy, he cured them. Pete, Philip is sitting there doing this stuff, and the people are watching this stuff. But this joy brought opposition. But there was a certain man... Tyler's message was a man called Simon. But there was a certain man called Simon, which before time in the same city used sorcery and bewitched the people of Samaria, giving out that himself was some great one. You know, there's a lot of people who act like they know something, but it doesn't match his book. All you have, all I have is this book. I have nothing else. It's this book. 43 years I've watched, and I've watched people come and go and, and do this. People say, how are you still here? Well, I just follow a book. That's all I do. Uh, I don't follow men. I follow a book. I found men that follow this book, and I can fellowship and walk with them, but I follow a book. And if the men or me go against this book, then we're wrong. That's it. It's bottom line. And if you go against this book, you're wrong. But there was a certain man called Simon. He used sorceries and bewitched the people of Samaria. You know you can be deceived just like that. There's no excuse to be deceived, by the way. There's no excuse. I have, I got the answer book right here. It's a multiple question, multiple choice questions. I mean, they're all, they're not even multiple choice. You just sit there, there's the answer. That's all you have to do. He goes, he bewitched the people of Samaria, giving out that, that himself was a great one. To whom they all gave heed from the least to the greatest, saying, this man is a great power. He is like the magicians that Pharaoh had. Pharaoh had some guys sitting there, which I, I'm still trying to figure out how that happened. But Pharaoh, Moses went there to the Lord and said, hey, Moses, go in there. And uh, I want you to take your stick and throw it down. It's going to turn into a snake. Now, I got that. I got that. That's God on this side telling him to do that. This snake is, its stick is going to be a snake. Where I have the problem is the magicians, the sorcerers back there did the same thing. I'm like, where did they get their power from? I know it's Satan, but I didn't know they could do that. 
And yet I read my Bible every time I read it, twice a year. I go through that passage twice a year, and the same thing happens every time. It's never changed. You say, what? He throws a stick down. They throw their stick down. There's three against one, and his, his eats them. And I'm like, every single time they, they win, you would think they'd learn their lesson, but they don't. <laughs> Brother, there's powers out there that go beyond what, we, are, what we, can, we can deal with. And there's people out there who are persuasive that can go beyond. But if they, you know what the Lord did? He, he told Satan three times, it is written, it is written, it is written. He didn't argue with him. He didn't fuss with him. He didn't fight with him. He didn't say, Satan, I want to pick you up and throw you in the lake of fire. He said, you're toast, man. I'm done with you. I'm done. He didn't say none of that stuff. You know what he did for us? He said, it is written. It is written. It is written. The Lord told us exactly how to deal with any problem we ever come up with. The problem is, is we don't want to deal. You know where true joy comes in is when you do that. There's agony and pain, but boy, I'm telling you what, when you know you've done the right thing and the Lord wanted you to do, there's a joy that comes down deep in your soul. Simon could deceive people and think that he's godly. But there was outward things that Simon was doing that, that wasn't, wasn't uh, kosher, as you would say. And Simon got busted. And they regarded him, verse 11, and they had regard because that in long time he had bewitched them with sorceries. He's sitting there looking, and, and somehow he's tricking them, and they believe, oh, man, this is a man of God. He goes, And he is acting like he's a man of God, for private gain, for personal gain. That's what he's doing, and he's getting it, and people doing it. Then joy brought awareness. Simon, he says, but when they believed Philip, Simon was honest. I got to hand it to Simon. He's an honest guy. I looked at a lot of commentaries on this guy. He was an honest man. He was a conniver. He was a cheat. He was a deceiver. He was a sorcerer. He was a magician. He was wicked, but he was honest. Because he knew when he came up against Philip, something went wrong there. He said, verse 12, But when Philip's preaching the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. Now, we're, we're back here in a, in, a, in a shady area. John's baptism back here, he said, be baptized for remission of sin. Not, he didn't remit the sins. He, they were remission. They just kind of went in remission. And then when Peter comes along, Acts 2, there he says, Believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and be baptized for the remission of sins. He says, believe. And so you, you, you're, you're baptized for the remission of sins. But over here somewhere, he takes that completely out. On the other side, another couple of chapters over, he says, believe on, believe. Uh, he says, uh, he's talking to Philippian jailer. He says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Baptism's gone. Right here in the middle of this thing, you're at this place right here where Peter hasn't come and John hasn't come and the Holy Ghost hasn't been dropped on them. But in all practical purposes, when Philip is preaching at him concerning the kingdom of God, he says, then Simon, verse 13, believed also. And when he was baptized, he continued with Philip and wondering, beholding the miracles and signs which were done. Now there's a growth here. I'm going to be done in just a second. There's a growth pattern here that you got to catch. We are, we are one of two people. We are somebody who's going to listen and change, or we're going to be somebody who will not go away. You're one of the two. You're, there's no middle ground here at all. You're one of the two. We all come up to the same thing. We all do the same thing. The joy brought awareness. Verse 17, then laid they their hands. Philip, or, or Peter and, and Jane, John came down, laid hands on them, and they started receiving the Holy Ghost, and their salvation was uh, sealed right there. It makes it sound like Simon Saucer got it too. He's just backsliding like a dog. Or not grown. He doesn't, he's not there yet. And they laid their hands on them and they received the Holy Ghost. And when Simon saw that through the laying on of the uh, uh, apostles' hands the Holy Ghost was given, he offered them money, saying, Give me also this power that on whomsoever I lay hands he may receive the Holy Ghost. Now, I don't know whether Simon was doing it to get money. I don't know whether he was doing it with the right heart. But boy, Peter, he nails it, guy, man. Simon wanted to get in on the, on the goods. But you know what he wanted to do? He wanted to do it his way, the fast way, and not the right way. Peter and John and James and all the apostles had to go through three years with Jesus Christ. Peter and James and John and Philip had to just watch Stephen get stoned. 
They had to get leave Jerusalem because of all the stuff and the persecution and still hung in there. They never left. They still hung in there no matter what. Peter gets locked up a couple times, and he's still with Jesus Christ. The Lord said, get thee behind me, Satan, talking to Peter in his face, and Peter stuck with him. Peter never left. He said, you're going to deny me three times, and Peter never left. Peter's sitting there trying to figure the thing out, and he's out on a boat fishing. Done took six or five other people with him, six of them. He done got them all backslidden. And when John says it's the Lord, Peter was in the water up there talking to the Lord right off the bat. Peter was looking for any way to get back and to make a change in his life. And Peter became the, the apostle of Jerusalem. Simon's not there, man. Simon wants it right now. I want it my way. I want it right now. I don't want to have to do nothing for it. Just give it to me so I can get it. And that way I can tell everybody I got it. Look, I got it. I'm like they are. No, you're not. There is an attrition. There is a way to get. You don't become a senior nothing just by being there. You definitely have to learn some things. And it's a road of hard knocks. The right road always leads out the right place. And you learn things. If you refuse to learn them, all you're going to do is if, if he would have gave him the power, Simon would have eventually taken that thing and abused it. But here's the thing. The Holy Ghost would have never done that. Would have never went there. Peter cannot just give you the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost has to be there to be given. And Peter was not grieving him, number one. And number two, he wasn't quenching him. And he told Simon, he says, you're crazy. Number one, salvation is a gift. It's free. It don't cost you a dime. But you have to ask for it. And you got to mean it when you ask. You can't earn it. Here's Simon trying to buy it. You can't buy it. Simon, I'll, I'll grant, Simon doesn't know. He's just been doing all the wicked stuff, and he's coming out of that stuff he doesn't know. You can't buy it. You can't pay for it even if you had the money. Where are you going to get enough money to pay for God when he built the universe? And he's outside that you can't do it. You just have to receive it. It's a free gift. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourself. It's a gift of God. It's just a free gift. But you got to come to this place up here where you submit yourself unto the Holy Spirit. This joy was brought with condemnation. You know, he says, Peter, Philip goes, there was great joy in that city. Well, Simon's probably not really experiencing that great joy right about now. Peter said unto him, thy money perish with thee. Oof. Man, that's a good one. Because thou hast thought that the gift of God may be purchased with money. Do you think, do you, think you can earn that gift any other way than God's intended way? If you do, you're sadly mistaken. Thou hast neither, Peter's still talking to Simon, thou hast neither part nor lot in this matter. Peter is cutting him off, man. He's slamming him. For thy heart is not right in the sight of God. He's pinpointing right down where his problem's at. Repent, therefore, giving him the opportunity. Repent, therefore, of this thy wickedness. And pray God, if perhaps the thought of thine heart may be forgiven thee. Now, brethren, right there is the spot. That every single one of us ever get. You ever, somebody ever got in your face and called you everything but human? And, and treated you like scum? And you just want to get mad and walk away? Did you? Or did you learn from it? You know what, Simon? I like Simon. Simon's probably one of your best ones. The book tells us, you know why you got a Bible? And I keep saying you need to read this thing. And if you ain't reading it, you got a problem. I'm telling you, your problem's the devil and he's just got you. He's flicking you all over the place like he wants to. And you're just getting anywhere he wants to lead you, he leads you. Trust the Lord with all thine heart, lean not on thy understanding, and all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. You know what you don't, if you don't read this thing, the devil's guiding your path. And he may do it through a thousand different ways. He could do it with your boss. My boss is a Christian. Yeah, but your boss works for somebody else who isn't. The book tells us how bad we really are. Your heart is not right with God. Thou art wicked. You're in the gall of bitterness. You know bitterness will eat your lunch? Bitterness is the worst thing that you, one of the worst things you could ever get. Because you'll get down inside there and it'll just start, it'll just like a canker worm, man, just eating. You ever seen an apple? Looks good on the outside, but it got a little hole in it. And you, you start cutting into it and the whole inside's black. I'm like, what a wasted apple, man. Some stinking, and the worm's gone. The worm's not even there, but the bitterness, the, the evidence is still sitting inside that thing. The bond of iniquity. Oh, man. <laughs> and you're, you're on the verge of perishing. With all your stuff. Take your money and you perish with your money. Take it away. Go with it, man. Get out of here. And that you can't save yourself. Now, Peter leaves him right there. 
This is the turning point for Simon. Simon could have said, well, hey, I'm a good sorcerer. I can do whatever I want. I can still fool people. But he's going to have a hard time with that because Philip's going to mess him all up because now Philip has done some stuff that Simon's never been able to do. You know, in the, the Pharisee back there, he had, he had his uh, magicians. And the uh, Lord said, uh, and the Lord's dumping on him and dumping on him and dumping on him. And he comes up to Moses. He said, Moses, go out and, and hold your rod up and turn all the dust of the land into lice. And it says the magicians could not do that. Moses just created life out of dirt with a stick. And they could not create life. That limited their power. Their power was from Satan, and he can't create life. Yet Moses could do exactly that. And he brought life to them, and they said, this is the finger of God. You know what Pharaoh did? Same thing. He went against God. You know what Simon does right here? Take your Bible, go to verse 24. We're just about done. Two verses and I'm done. Maybe 10. 8.24. Then answered Simon. Now he's looking at Peter. Peter just slammed him, cut him, sliced him, diced him, told him he's everything but useless. Uh, you can't have what you're asking for. There's no way you got it. By all accounts, Simon at this point is saved. He has got the Holy Spirit in him. He's with that crowd. Uh, go to Mark, Mark chapter, uh, Mark chapter 16, real quick. Your Bible's a crazy book. This is Simon right here, 16, uh, verse 16, 16, 16. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, and he that believeth not shall be damned. Simon did just that. Simon believed. Simon was baptized. It said that Peter laid his hands. It didn't say he didn't lay his hands on Simon. It did not say that Simon did not get the Holy Ghost. And if Simon has the Holy Ghost on him like right now, Simon is saved. You know what Simon's problem is? He's still a babe. And he thinks I can get stuff easy and not the hard way or the way the Lord wants me to get it. I tell you what, at 20 years old, I was saved 20 years. And when Beth had maybe 21, when she had Esther... They told me she was going to die, and I'd have thought I'd already 20 years been serving. I've been out there. I got cussed by everybody. I had people call me everything but human. I had entire ships mad at me over the name of Jesus Christ, and now all of a sudden the Lord tells me in that room I need to grow up. I'm sitting there going, I don't understand that one. You know, he had to explain that thing to me. Real simple. Mike, if your wife dies, am I your God or not? I'm like, whoa, that's a different one. I said, you never ever asked me to do this one before. You know what he did to Abraham? He said, take your son, the only son, take him up into the mountain and sacrifice him. The Lord never asked me to sacrifice my wife. But she's laying on a table and her and the baby could both die. And they're both here today. And the doctors were sitting there looking and I'm sitting there going, that's an interesting thought. It took me about two or three seconds to make that sense. No, no, you're still my God. It doesn't matter whether it's good or bad. It doesn't matter. You know what Simon's sitting here? He's got that same thing happening. Verse 24, then answered Simon and said, Peter just got done slamming him. Pray ye the Lord for me. I know you got the Lord. I don't have him. You're right. That none of these things which ye have spoken come upon me. Simon got it. He says, the joy must be true repentance. You know what Simon did? He got it. You never hear anything after that. Verse 24, go to 25. And they, when they had testified and preached the word of the Lord, returned to Jerusalem. They just go out. As far as you're left in this story, Simon got that thing right, and Simon went on, and he's there. You know what's wrong with most of us today? A man named Simon. You have to grow, and you got to let go. you got to make choices in life. you got to choose the right thing. you got to be like Peter and John and not fold when you have to make those right choices. Because somebody's eternity or their eternal life or their destination is in the balances of what goes on. And it may not be the person that's in front of you. It may be somebody totally different. But if you don't do the right thing, God, the Holy Spirit, cannot do the right thing. And if he does, he's going to have to use somebody else. The joy is what we need to see is that there was, they've seen it. You know what Simon saw back in verse 8? There was great joy in that city. You know what he had never seen before is that. He goes, I've seen a lot of things before. And I've done stuff, and i watch people get all happy, but they get sad again. He goes, but this type of thing is totally different than what I've ever seen. People are getting healed. Devils are being cast out. 
there's actually real live joy going on. You know, when you get around people that are happy and joyful and singing and praising God, I like to hear you guys sing, man. You know why? It brings joy to my soul. The Lord says this. He says it in Matthew. He says it in Mark. But in Luke, he says this, 531. And Jesus answered and said unto them, They that are whole need not a physician. You know what a lot of people are? They think they're whole. I don't need Jesus. I got it, man. I don't need anybody telling me what to do. I can do whatever I want to do. I got it. I got it. I don't know about you, but I'm, I've never reached that plane yet. I'm not there. I like what the Lord says. He goes, I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. You know what the Lord's looking for today is a sinner. Are you a good sinner? I'm not telling you to go out and sin so I can meet that verse. I'm just telling for all have sinned and come short of glory. God, that's all of us. But somebody like Simon who's honest, God can do something for. But if we're not honest, he can't do a thing for you. You know what Simon was? He's honest. Luke 15, 7 says this. I say unto you, likewise, joy shall be in heaven over one sinner. You know when Simon got that thing right? They were shouting in heaven because of Simon. Simon was just yelling and screaming. I think right there, it don't tell you the rest of the story about Simon. But I'll bet you Simon was running the aisles. Because all of a sudden, he got it. And I just need to sit back and learn some things. I, got, I go to Bible college. I went to Bible college uh, a long, long time ago. And you know what I learned in Bible college? Absolutely nothing. I sit there for three years going, bee, 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 bee. I learned some things. I, I did not learn some things. But when I got out of that thing, I mean, my brain was fried. And I've been spending the last 30 years trying to figure out what in the world did he show me in that Bible college. But you know what I needed? I needed to sit there for three years and shut my mouth. You know, I had a lot of guys in class that left. We started with 44, 11 graduated. There's two or three of us left today, two or three. Two or three. I just want to make sure you know that I can know the difference between two and three. Dr. Roman told us in class, he said, everybody, you know, I had a bunch of people say, oh, the rapture's going to happen. Rapture's going to I got to go out and do something for Jesus. Who said you had to go out and do something for Jesus? If the Lord don't want you to go do something for him, then you're doing the wrong thing. You just need to sit and wait. He said, if the Lord comes back, one of the most brilliant things he ever told me, he said, if the Lord comes back and he catches you in the Greek class and that's where you're supposed to be, then he'll say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Come in and dwell. And that's what he'll do. You know what that did? That kept me in school. Third year, I was about ready to quit because something really bad happened. One of the instructors got me really, really mad. And I was so mad. And I was right, kind of. I thought I was anyways. And I was, I was right enough that I was going to quit, and I don't need him or anybody down here. And I go home my little sweet wife. Mike. What? You told everybody that, did the Lord tell you to come down here? I said, yes. Well, did the Lord tell you to come down here? I said, yes. Did he tell you to leave? I said, no. Finish your Greek. <laughs> She just stabbed me right down the heart, turns it sideways, puts it in the back. I mean, she had, I looked like I had acupuncture by the time she got done with me. You know what I did? I said, good. If I get a 70, if I fail, I'm going to finish it. I'm a, I was within two or three months, maybe two months, maybe a month of graduating. And the arrogancy in my pride got up and, and, and I was going to quit. You know what you had to do? Say, no, Lord, you're right. Dr. Rowan was right. My wife is right. I'm wrong. And I need to finish what I started. And I started this thing. You know, I started a walk with Jesus Christ 43 years ago. And I know this one thing, and I'm done. I need to finish this thing. I need to finish this thing. I started this diet 20 weeks ago. I, I said in the diet, I started at 285. I said I want to be down to 220. I got to get to 220 by not this week, but next week. Why? Because I started this thing. I need to finish it. And guess what? If I don't get to 220 by the next week, I'm going to keep going down until I get to 220. And it won't be many, many weeks after that, but I'm going to get to 220. Why? That's what I started. You know what's wrong with most of us? If we start something, Simon started something, and he got into this thing, and then he found out it was a little different than what he thought, and he said, but I'm still not going to quit it because it's better than what I got. Is Jesus better than what you, ever, you had before? Did you remember what you had before? I'd still do. And he is better than what I had before, and I don't ever want to lose that. Jesus Christ said, there is joy in the presence of angels of God over one sinner that repenteth. Stephen was stoned. Paul was, Paul was sitting there watching that stuff. Jesus was crucified. 
Peter, James, and John was, was all kinds of stuff happened to them uh, through the whole thing. Later on, a couple chapters in the Bible, James gets beheaded. And brother, every single one of these men just kept going and going. They had to go through trials of life. But, Pete, but I, liked it. I liked it when he said over there, he goes, and there was great joy in that city. You know where I get my joy is watching somebody enjoy Jesus Christ. Like I said, I sit back here and listen to you all sing. I get more joy out of that than this. Why? Because I hear a, a group of people singing for the, for the Lord Jesus Christ. If you're in here today and you're not saved, you know what the best thing you could ever do is get saved. You say, well, what is, what, what is salvation? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and I shall be saved. Simple. Christ died for our sins according to Scripture, was buried, rose again the third day. That's it. If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in thine heart that God had raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. You just got to believe it. If you're saved and you got bitterness going on, or there's something else that's hindering you from serving Christ, you need to let that thing go. The Lord's done showed us exactly what to do. Like Simon, he showed him what to do. He gave Simon the opportunity. You know what Simon, Simon did? He availed to that opportunity. He took that opportunity and changed his future. And who knows what happened to Simon after that? I have no idea. I know Simon, it, it, the story ends right there. Not negative, not positive. It just moves on. And it gives every impression that Simon moved on with the Lord. And if he did that, we're going to see Simon in heaven one day. I think he's saved. I think the transition takes a couple more chapters down the road when the, the, the Ethiopian, Philip leaves here and goes gets the Ethiopian eunuch, and that's the first guy, Gentile, gets saved. The right way. If you believe. And then he gets baptized. And then from there on out, we're in the church age and we're flying. You know what, brethren, you got to do? You got to say, I need to change. You can't make anybody change. But you can change. Father, thank you for your blessings this morning. Thank you for a man named Simon, Lord, that was willing. Lord, willing to listen. Lord, he's seen some things on both sides. But then when it got down to it, Lord, and, and he was rebuked for some actions that he did, Lord, he took it like a man. Uh, Lord, and, and he stood up and, and understood what it was. And Lord, he valued you more than he valued his own self. And Lord, when Peter uh, chastised him and rebuked him, Lord, the man took the rebuke and, and stood up and said, I'll, Lord, he said, Peter, pray for me. And uh, by all accounts, Peter probably did, and, and Simon got the thing right. And he went on and grew in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Help us, Lord, to do that today. If there's anyone in here that has, has issues going on in their lives, Lord, I pray that you'd help them work those issues out. Uh, Lord, it's a lifelong experience. It's not something that happens overnight. And Lord, uh, uh, like you said, this too shall pass. Everything shall pass, Lord, in time. Uh, Lord, but the joy, the great joy that was in that city was because you were being preached. Let us never forget that our joy is, is centered around uh, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And Lord, thank you for all your blessings. And, and Lord, again, if there's anybody lost, I pray that they'd come to know you today. And for the rest of us, Lord, just help us to get a little closer. And we'll praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.